This morning's sermon is titled Faith and Knowledge because faith and knowledge are, sometimes they pair uniquely or they work with or maybe even against one another. And as we know what will happen to our Savior between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, I think it's interesting to think about how faith helps us through. Now, it's easy to conflate and to confuse the balance that needs to exist between faith and knowledge. I think, I think for some, they want to rely only on knowledge. And then in not being able to have enough knowledge, they cannot have faith, or they see no place for faith, because knowledge is of the utmost importance. For others who recognize some importance of knowledge, they seek just enough scientific proof to think that there's actual validity to some events. And, and, and then in seeking proof, it helps them to believe. But then there are others for whom, even if a proof is laid out, they will not believe. Because faith and knowledge exist separately. Different spaces in the mind is where they reside. And so consider a, an absurd example, a silly example, at least to me. Um, I did a little bit of searching, and I say a little because you can do a lot of searching on, say, moon landings. Did you know that, tw- uh, that somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 million people in America believe that we never actually landed on the moon? despite plenty of scientific evidence to prove otherwise. And if you don't believe we landed on the moon and you believe it happened in a soundstage in Los Angeles, that's okay. It's your belief. Um, But for someone who would believe something like that, there's no amount of knowledge that can override the faith that they have that, that that it didn't happen. And as we reflect upon our gospel reading, though, this morning, it's a gospel reading that really speaks to the faith of the crowd. It it speaks to some of the things that they don't know as well. These are a a faithful people who are welcoming Jesus into uh, Jerusalem to start Holy Week, to start the Passover. And they don't know what's about to happen to their rabbi, to their savior, to the one that they've been following. So we look upon these followers, and I think what we should first see is a very deep, abiding, important, genuine faith that that exists outside of the knowledge of what is to come. And in in the face of such difficulties that we know Jesus will face, in the days to come. I've been reminded over and over again about something that Haven Parrott said when she preached here back in February. She said, we have to remember that the opposite of faith is not doubt, but the opposite of faith is certainty. When we are certain about something, it's easy to not have faith or not need faith. But when we doubt, when we're not sure, when we acknowledge that we don't know it all, when we acknowledge we don't have it all together and we maybe don't understand why the things that are about to happen this week did 
happen, I think then we allow room for God to work. There's room for the Spirit of God to come alongside us and to carry us forward and to help us when we fall. And what we will see is there's room for God to walk alongside us through difficulties in life. And so as we consider Palm Sunday and we think about this crowd that is gathered to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem, we see a crowd with great faith. And and when we're honest with ourselves, despite the knowledge we have about all that is to come, there's plenty of room for us to grow in our faith as well. There's plenty of room for faith to be present with us. Because we don't know what's going to happen for us either. Matthew's version of Palm Sunday, his triumphal entry passage, is filled with these little bits and pieces of information that the people who were reading this gospel would have picked on, picked up on quick, quickly. They would have resonated well, especially with the early Jewish believers who were reading Matthew's gospel. Throughout the gospel, the the crowd speculates that Jesus is the Messiah who was promised. They see the the, the promises of the prophets coming to being, and, and so the healings he performs gets their attention. His teachings pique their interest. And Jesus' way of seeing and expressing God's work in the world draws the love of the crowd, the excitement of the crowd, but it draws the ire of the religious leaders at the time. Despite the ire of those leaders, though, Matthew Matthew includes these details to show that the crowd is right about Jesus. In Jesus, they were seeing the Messiah, who, as is promised, is going to enter from the Mount of Olives where he gathers with his disciples here. Matthew inserts this line in verse 5, Say to the daughters of Zion, and he goes on, and it's this fulfillment of the prophecy that they were waiting for. The crowds who meet Jesus proclaim who he is as he enters Jerusalem by yelling, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna to the son of David. Words they only would have assigned to the Messiah and to the Savior. And then Matthew's version closes with the, the, all of Jerusalem is stirred up. And it points to all the different parties of people who are gathering in Jerusalem for the Passover in this week that is to come. The religious leaders are gathered and they want to keep things smooth and on the level. They want it to go easy for themselves and they want to keep themselves in power. But Jesus Followers were ready for the Messiah to come. They were excited about something new happening. And they had put their faith in Jesus. They put their faith in Jesus. And they had no idea what it was that was about to come. And so this crowd is is inspiring to all of us because of their great faith. Matthew emphasizes that Jesus enters for the Passover... And the crowd remembers what it is that they were promised. They remember what it is they're supposed to believe. They have faith that they are seeing the Messiah coming in Jesus. And this knowledge that informs their faith 
comes from the prophets they had, had been reading over and over and over again their whole lives. Now, where their knowledge lets them down a little bit is they had an idea that Jesus was going to be the kind of Messiah who would do what David had done. They were anticipating a a political Messiah coming, one who would overthrow the religious leaders and their power so they could then be in power. So they were ready for Jesus. And that comes through in their excitement and in their devotion. They were ready to upset the status quo. And so they lay down their garments. This is striking, at least for me, every time I read it. Because when we picture this crowd, this is not the most affluent group of people in Jerusalem at the time. This is not the privileged. They were not the ones that were on top of the social ladder. But they were genuine, they were earnest. They knew their needs, they were devoted, and they were faithful And they knew that Jesus was the one they had been waiting for. And they were ready. So this large crowd spreads their clothes on the road so Jesus can walk in on a donkey with a colt. They grab branches and they lay out the tree and they yell, Hosanna to the Son of God. And for some who gathered, the most valuable thing that they had in their life might have been that cloak that they just laid on the ground For an animal to walk on. The most valuable thing in their life. They had laid down for Jesus. Jesus then is welcomed into Jerusalem as the Savior. His colt walks on their valuable possessions. And this is either crazy. I didn't see any suit coats on the ground today. Or it's a sign of their deep, abiding, powerful faith. And it's faith that is there despite no knowledge about what is going to happen in the days to follow. But you and I know what's to come, right? As Paul Harvey said, we know the rest of the story. I didn't use that phrase the way he did. But we know that Jesus on Tuesday is going to overturn tables in the temple. We know that on Wednesday or Thursday, he's going to wash the feet of his disciples. We know that in that upper room, they're going to have the meal, and Judas is going to betray Jesus. We know that Jesus is going to go to the garden, and the disciples are going to fall asleep, and in the garden, he is going to be turned over to authorities. And that's going to lead to a trial, and to his crucifixion, and to his death. Now, we also know that death doesn't end in the grave. It ends in resurrection on Easter Sunday. But we've got a long way to go till we get there. And with all this knowledge, some 2,000 years later, we need to draw upon a deep faith when we gather for Maundy Thursday, when we gather for communion, when we when we gaze upon the wondrous cross on Good Friday, when we consider the silence of Holy Saturday, it's going to take faith to get through this week. Palm Sunday is a celebration day. And Easter is a celebration day. 
But the days in between require much from us. And so we must seek to cultivate our faith. Because faith assures us, and this is where the hope comes in, faith assures us that the Lord is with us through the hard days, through the hard times. And if we take the journey through Holy Week seriously, we can be assured of the promise that the Lord is with us. If we sit with the story long enough, we're going to feel punched in the gut when, G- when Judas betrays Jesus. We're going to feel stabbed in the back in the garden, just like Jesus must have felt. We're going to want to scream at the sham trial louder than we've ever screamed at the television over a referee. And we're going to be appalled at the crowd of people who on one day were waving palms and five days later were yelling, give us Barabbas. But when we absorb it all, when, when, we, when we absorb all that happens, when we see the unimaginable, hap- an unimaginable happen right in front of us, and we draw upon faith, we see that faith can carry us through. We see that faith can pick us up. We see <clears throat> that faith can assure us in the face of life's difficulties that God is with us and that God is not absent or causing trials. But God is right there with us going through them. Because if we see anything in the faith of Jesus and in the faith of the crowd on this day, what we see is that knowledge doesn't take us from difficulties and faith doesn't take us out of difficulties either. But maybe a faith in the Lord who's entering Jerusalem on this day Maybe that faith is enough to carry us through the difficulties because it promises us that the Lord is with us. A life with Jesus does not remove the difficulties, otherwise it would have removed them from his life. But it gives us a way through, which just might be the most important knowledge we could possibly come to when it comes to faith. There is a long-standing question that preachers don't Well, this preacher doesn't know how to answer, and some preachers do know the answer to, and other people like to think they know the answer to, but the question I can't answer, even after a semester of a class in college on it, is why do bad things happen to good people? In this sermon or in any other sermon I preach, I don't suspect I'm going to have an answer. Rabbi Kushner might have one, so you might want to buy the book if you think he has it. But I don't know the answer to to that. Jesus was good. Jesus was God incarnate. Jesus was perfect and he was the savior of the world. He is why we're gathered today. We gather today to celebrate his entrance into Jerusalem. And next Sunday we'll gather here and celebrate his resurrection into heaven, which gives the promise of life and forgiveness and hope to all of us. But what happens between now and then is hard. We know it's hard. We know these stories. We've enacted the, reenacted the Lord's Supper and we've cringed at the betrayal and we've grieved at the foot of the cross. And what I guess we need to think about is how are we going to walk through the week ahead? I 
think many times, and it does bear itself out at times, but many times we think, well, if I'm just faithful or good, everything will be fine. But, but sometimes it's not. And so maybe the best message of all on this Palm Sunday is to be inspired by the faith, to celebrate the hope and the possibility, to, to, to raise our palm branches up and say, the Lord is our Savior, and welcome Him in like the crowd did some 2,000 years ago, and gather and, and be faithful, and acknowledge that we don't know what's around the corner of our lives either. We don't know what's going to happen this week. But Palm Sunday and Holy Week assure us that even in the face of uncertainty, even in the face of, of difficulty, even in the face of horrible events, the Lord is with us because the Lord himself has walked through them on his own also. And so this morning, we're gathered. We celebrate faith. And if we skip to Easter Sunday and ignore the hard parts in between, that's fine. It'll be a good, good week. But, but maybe if we acknowledge that life can be really hard, it can be tough, maybe if we acknowledge that sometimes we have to lay down the very best we have for the Lord to welcome Him in, then we can proclaim that just as the Lord goes through Holy Week Himself, when we go through the hard Holy Weeks of our lives, when we go through the trials, the Lord might be with us too. On Palm Sunday, maybe we can celebrate that life isn't perfect. Not even for Jesus. Because the Lord of life and faith and work and the resurrection of Jesus, in all of this we can lay down our best for Him and be assured that He's gone through it and He will be with us. And when it comes to knowing something about our faith, that's probably the best knowledge we could possibly have. Will you pray with me? Eternal and loving God, we come to you this morning in a celebratory Sunday with hearts warmed because our children are singing, with palms raised because you are entering in, maybe even with a sense of relief because spring is here, spring break is upon many of us. And we know that things are, are changing or turning. The, the, the winter is gone and hope is coming. But Lord, we also know that on that, that Sunday of Holy Week, a crowd gathered to welcome you into Jerusalem. And they had great hopes. And it seems like, it seemed like by Friday, those hopes had been dashed. But Lord, because of Easter Sunday, we see reason to have hope and reason to have faith. Because in our faith and in our hope, you walk with us. You carry us through the hard times rather than leaving us when they happen or causing them to happen. And so, Lord, help us to know in our hearts and lives and help us, the deep faith, cult cultivate the reality that through it all, you are with us. You're walking through this Holy Week and whatever Holy Week we have to walk through and whenever it happens, you'll walk with us there as well. Help us to know that and be assured of that with all of our heart. 
for all of our lives. This, our prayer, we earnestly ask in the name of our Savior who will rise, Jesus our Lord. Amen.